global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We do have 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing right now. We've got the S&P up 10 to 2,050, a gain of five-tenths of one percent. A rally in technology shares underway. Applied materials, the catalyst there, it is up 13.9 percent. Dow Industrials up 51 points, a gain of 0.3 percent. NASDAQ up 53, also a gain of 1.1 percent. And just an update now on that shooting at the White House complex. Uh, The U.S. Park Police reporting a shooting on a road inside the complex. One person transported to a hospital with critical injuries. President Obama playing golf, not at the White House, which was placed on lockdown by the Secret Service. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It's time now for the ETF report. It is brought to you by Vanek Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek. Access the opportunities. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for the ETF report. The prospect of higher interest rates is taking center stage again, and it's no surprise that ETFs that focus on dividend-paying stocks have pulled back a bit. One of those is the Alp Sector Dividend Dogs ETF ticker SDOG or SDOG. It has $1.1 billion in assets, and although it's fallen about 3% in the past month, it's gained 8.8% since the start of the year. Mike Akins, Portfolio Manager and Senior Vice President at Alps, says they locate potentially undervalued high-dividend-paying stocks in each of the S&P 500's 10 industry groups. So you actually get five of the five highest-yielding companies in each of the 10 sectors of the market, you get an equally weighted portfolio, so 2% per company and 10% per sector. And our structure from a characteristics perspective is very similar to our competitors in the sense that you get a very nice dividend yield, you get cheaper companies, so a deep value play on the market. The ETF has a 12-month dividend yield of 3.3% and an expense ratio of 40 basis points. Alps offers two other ETFs based on the same strategy. One focuses on international stocks, the other on emerging markets. And that's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Taking stock of the stock market, the bond market, and more. We really want to focus in particular on the municipal bond market after the White House and the House of Representatives hammered out a deal to help Puerto Rico restructure its debt. Joining us now from Sarasota, Florida, is David Kotak. David Kotak is chairman and chief investment officer at Cumberland Advisors. So, David, uh, you read a very interesting note to your clients and friends and followers this morning, raising the question of what the the deal uh, hammered out means for bondholders. You're afraid maybe bondholders are going to get the short end of the stick. Why? Well, I'm I'm worried that in the negotiation, the pension promise, gets a higher claim in a restructuring than the bondholder. And if this is set and developed and settled in a traditional bankruptcy format, there'll be a judge as a referee. The judge will look at all the competing claims and achieve a settlement. There is not enough money here in Puerto Rico to pay everybody, Kathleen. Somebody's going to come up short. The question is, between competing claims, who's it going to be? 
And what I worry in this legislation is ways which empower the pension promise to get ahead of the bond promise. That's the concern. David Kotak, do you own any Puerto Rican muni debt? Yes, we do. What are you going to do with it? Why, the only Puerto Rico debt that we own is insured by one of two bond insurers. The rest of them we won't own and has particular structure and clauses that give us sufficient comfort. So we're not worried about getting paid on the particular bonds we own, Tim. But we are worried about an impact on the entire municipal bond market. If the status of claims of bonds gets subordinated to pension claims, that did not happen in Detroit. There was a settlement that did not happen in other bankruptcy format settlements. But this is a different structure, and it may open that box. So, you know, this this to me just uh, reminds me it's a bit of the the financial crisis, right? Uh, there was when when there were some restructurings of various kinds of bonds and derivative contracts, and uh, some a lot of consternation in some instances, particularly when it came to banks, that the bondholders were were not going to get bailed out. Now, a lot of them did. But what does this mean? Are you saying that if we do for the for this one island nation uh, territory, if we help them restructure their debt and support those pensions, that people are going to say that could happen in Los Angeles or New York? Really? It depends. If the structure is under supervision in a refereed proceeding like a, bond, uh, a bankruptcy proceeding, and there's an administrative body that has oversight over the island of Puerto Rico, and therefore the politicians do not have the ability to alter the mechanism, then you have a discipline on the politicians. The politicians who created the mess, made the promises on pensions, didn't fund them. They're not in office anymore. They've absconded with whatever benefits they got. The same stories taking place in jurisdictions like Chicago, school systems, and elsewhere in the country. And so the idea here is, do you open the door a notch and put the promised pension benefit, which cannot be paid, there's not enough money to pay it, ahead of a bondholder? We have some retired teachers in Chicago that are making four times in a pension benefit they made when they were employed as a teacher. And in Puerto Rico, you have a totally unfunded plan system with no ability to make the payment. Well, having said that, that sounds like a, a, a large political time bomb waiting to go off, right, David? I agree, Tim. It's a large political time bomb, and it is building in Illinois. That is the weakest rated of the 50 states. The same thing is occurring although not as severe in New Jersey, when you don't fund the pension system and you tell everybody they're going to get a pension, how do you pay it? And that's part of what the Puerto Rico problem is about. $44 billion is unpaid promises for pension benefits. $70 billion is bonded debt of all types. And some of that debt can be resolved and settled, like the electric utility or the highway. The, the, the means to settle them are there. The, the, worst, the worst person, uh, entity, company, business 
to not pay the electric bill is the government of Puerto Rico. And that's why the electric utility is behind in its cash flows, because its customer, the government, doesn't pay for electricity. Well, so then I guess you would side with some of the Republicans in Congress who have signaled that they are concerned about the the deal that was hammered out and may not support it. No, first of all, we have a House action. This is the second attempt, the first attempt. Didn't succeed in the House. It looks like this is a House action. It'll have to be bipartisan support to get it passed. The White House, of course, wants something done. Now it'll go to the Senate. There'll be a conference, compromise bill. We don't know what it'll look like. You've got competing interests, as we typically do. The issue, though, is will the settlement process allow a judicial-type proceeding, an impartial, independent board, and keep the politicians away from the money. That is the cutting edge of the issue. And a politician has constituents who receive a pension payment. The politician's going to make whatever they can for that pensioner and say, the bondholders are rich. We don't have to pay them, even if the bondholder is the one that lent the money to build the school or the highway. Well, David, uh, you raise a number of points that are not going to be resolved immediately. This sounds like something that the lawyers are going to end up making a lot of money uh, on. How Are there other ways right now? I mean, if you look at the municipal uh, market, where where's the best value? Well, there are lots of very good values in the market. It's $3.7 trillion deep. It's got 90,000 issuers. And many, many municipal bonds are of high credit quality and pay. Hmm. Great states like Utah or Virginia, uh, 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 school bonds like Yale University, revenue bonds, the New Jersey Turnpike. Well, David, even though it's in New Jersey, it's a good credit. Quick final question on ETFs and stocks. Is there one in particular or any kind that you like right now? I still like utilities because of the yield, XLU is a utility basket. I'm overweight, have been for several years, and love the position. Anything else? <laughs> well, uh, you're asking me to segue from uh, pension bonds in Puerto Rico to ETFs. And uh, I can give you other names. I would be careful of the energy sector here. We sold. We now are underweight. We think the oil price around 50 bucks is topping. And we don't know if we get another downdraft once the sector clears. I want to thank you very much for spending time with us. Uh, David Kotak is the chairman and the chief investment officer at Cumberland Advisors, talking about the spider utility select ETF XLU. We take you to the close next. <laughs> 